That's incredible. Uh, man, kids are brutally honest, aren't they? My mom looks the prettiest at church. The rest of the time, she's in sweats, and she's enjoying herself. And so, uh, great, great. Thanks for uh, uh, the people that helped film that and put that together. And you see your kids, and you're like, oh, please, don't embarrass me, you know. Uh, how many of you moms remember the plays that your kids used to be involved in? And whether it was preschool or uh, throughout uh, grade school, and hopefully this didn't happen in high school, but... You know, we have three kids. We've got two daughters and a son, and our daughters would be singing. And, and you know, we're sitting there, and my wife's smiling. She's just so excited for our kids. And then our son comes along, and he's like, the entire time, the entire time where he's making faces. And I'd look over at my wife, and she's like, he's yours. He is yours. He's yours. He's yours. And so, but you know, you have to love our kids. Each one of them is different. And as moms, you play a significant role in all of this. And so we are so glad that you're here today. And we can just take some time to highlight moms. Um, I was thinking over the last number of years uh, on Mother's Day at uh, Maranatha Bible Church, where I also preach, there was, a, there was a, a, a Mother's Day that we were going through a series on hell. Uh, seriously, and I'm like, are you kidding me, you know? And then there, there was a, a, a year where we were going through First Timothy, and it fell right on the passage where it talked about women not, not teaching and preaching in the church, and, and they're not allowed to say anything, and I'm like, are you, come on. Well, I was supposed to do Joshua 10. I don't know if you've read Joshua 10, but Joshua 10 deals with five Amorite kings, and they take on Joshua and Israel, and there's a lot of bloodshed that goes on, and there's hailstones that, that the Lord brings down upon these Amorite kings, and, and I'm thinking, not on Mother's Day, please, not on Mother's Day. And so uh, we have decided to kind of shift gears a little bit and to be able to say, hey, this is a day that uh, is for you, and we're grateful for you. So let me take a minute and pray again, and we'll launch into uh, our passage and our message this morning. Lord, we come before you. You are so good to us. You're the author of life. Uh, you're the author and perfecter of our faith. And Lord, we're grateful, Lord, that we are child, children of God. We're grateful that you have used us. We're grateful for moms today. And we pray that even as we open up your word now, that our hearts would be attentive, our ears would listen, we would see what you want us to see, and more importantly, that you would be what you would want us to be. Whether we are a mom here, a dad here, a grandma, a grandpa, a friend, a student, whatever it might be, that you've called us to be like you. And so we pray that this morning, and what we're going to share this morning, would honor you and exalt your name. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. It is 7.1 miles to get there, right from here, 7.1 miles. The majority of us sitting here this morning have never been there. We probably have never been through it. The last time I went through it, I was a Cub Scout. I'm referring to the Football Hall of Fame here in Canton, Ohio, 7.1 miles. Most of us could probably walk there. When someone is inducted into the Football Hall of Fame, uh, maybe the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, or the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts, those athletes have accomplished something that no other athlete has done. 
They are the cream of the crop. They are the top of the charts of, as an athlete. Maybe they've been inducted into their Hall of Fame because of the most rebounds they've pulled down or the most bases they've stolen or uh, the amount of yards that they've rushed. But they are recognized. They are exalted. Uh, they are athletes that go beyond the normal athlete. They have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. They are usually exalted and recognized and someone who is an athlete that is inducted into the Hall of Fame usually plays their sport and their skill and their field somewhere between 10 and 15 years. They make millions of dollars, and they will retire a millionaire, and they will find themselves doing that sport for 10 to 15 years. I've often wondered why there is not a Mother's Hall of Fame. Moms... For you, your title as mom goes a lot longer than 10 or 15 years. I don't know if you will ever retire from being a mom. Athletes make millions of dollars a year, but as moms, you make zero, zero dollars. And yet your effectiveness and your impact and your influence in your children's life should be an individual who is in the mother's Hall of Fame. I don't think moms ever stop being a mom. Even in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 31, it says her, cho her children would rise up and call her what? Blessed. Blessed. Uh, I think most of us, maybe most of us, I don't know, when we think of our moms, we think of somebody that if there was a mother's Hall of Fame, I would hope that they would be inducted into that. Once a mom, always a mom. So we, we set this special time and this special day aside called Mother's Day that really started all the way back in 1907, where a woman felt it was important that mothers were acknowledged and affirmed and, and built up. And so they decided the second Sunday of every May would become Mother's Day. And they would acknowledge the dedication that they had to their children and the service that they had as a mom and the loyalty that they had, hopefully, to the Lord. It's been said that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And this morning, we're going to take a look at a number of passages that highlight our moms. But I do realize that a day like this can be difficult for some of us. A day like this can be hard for some of us as women. Um, some of us have lost our moms. And so when Mother's Day comes up, it's a, it's a tough time. I think about my mom and I dwell upon my mom. But she's not here anymore. And some of you who are moms are sitting here and maybe you have lost a son or a daughter. And so when Mother's Day comes, it's, it's hard, it's difficult. And then there are those who desperately want to be a mom that are sitting in here. But they're not able to conceive and we certainly want to be sensitive to that this morning. But it doesn't negate the fact that we all have moms. Every single one of us sitting here, we have a mom, whether they are living or whether they have died. And we all have moms, whether we like them or we don't like them. But we all have moms. They have been a major contributor to us being here today. What would be considered the criteria for a mother 
to be placed and inducted into the Mother's Hall of Fame. I think Scripture has some things to say about that. So meet me this morning in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And as you're turning there, I want to give you a little bit of background on this letter of 2 Timothy. Paul is the author of this letter. He is writing this letter in Rome. He is in a dark, damp, dirty dungeon. And he is writing his last will and testament out before he will finally be executed. He is writing to a young man named Timothy. He was introduced to Timothy in Acts 16 when Paul was traveling on his second missionary journey into Lystra and Derby, And he kept hearing about a young man in the faith named Timothy. Timothy was well spoken of, we see in Acts 16. People loved him. And over time, Timothy then traveled extensively with Paul. Paul mentored him. The thing that you will see this morning, though, is that Paul had two people in his life that truly impacted him to be the man that he was. One of them was his grandmother named Lois. The other was his mother named Eunice. Now, they both were believers, Jewish believers. They loved the Lord. You're going to see that this morning. Timothy's dad was Greek. We don't know if he knew the Lord or not. But it's apparent that as we look at these verses this morning, it was a grandmother and it was a mother that had a huge influence in Timothy's life as well as the mentorship that Paul provided for Timothy. Have you ever noticed that oftentimes it's the mom that is behind the scenes that has the most impact in the family? Uh, building a foundation of love and character and trust for the children. This is truly the case in Timothy's life, which makes these two women, Lois and Eunice, really Hall of Famers. So with that background in mind, I want to look at three passages this morning. Two of them are here in 2 Timothy, and the other one is in Deuteronomy 6. And I want us to take a look at three characteristics in these passages that give tribute to the Hall of Fame mother. And the first one is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. And I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. Paul is speaking to Timothy here. And then he says this in verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. A Hall of Fame mom imparts a sincere faith in their children. A Hall of Fame mom imparts a sincere faith in their children. It's not limited just to their children, but as a Hall of Fame mom, it's an important aspect. It shows great significance that you are able to impart sincere faith. Not just to your children, but to other people as well. But we see what Lois and Eunice did here in imparting that to Timothy. Look again at verse 5. 
I am reminded of your sincere or genuine faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Moms, the best thing that we can teach our kids, the best thing that we can give our kids, the best gift that we can give our kids is a clear and vivid picture of what a sincere faith looks like in Jesus Christ. And may I share also that your greatest achievement in life is not to be a mom. Your greatest achievement in life is to be a child of God who just so happens to be a mom. A sincere faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When mothers model genuine faith, it fosters an environment where our kids begin to watch that and look at it and say, there's something different about my mom. And they begin to want to walk in that same manner and having a genuine faith. Say the word sincere with me. Sincere. Say it again. Sincere. Now the word sincere here, when Paul says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, is the word un hupokritos. You're like, man, is that impressive. Un hupokritos. It really is the word unhypocritical. Unhypocritical. Some of you got it. A faith that is real. A faith without false pretense or, or facade. A faith that has come into the residency and into the heart of a grandmother. How many of you have a grandmother? Raise your hand. Grandmothers are great. They cook great. Grandmothers, all of a sudden, this grandmother Lois had an incredible faith, and she did not harbor that. She did not keep it in, but she gave it away to her daughter, Lois. And Lois grew in the faith. It was a sincere, unhypocritical faith. She didn't harbor it. She didn't keep it in, but she gave it away to her son, Timothy. It's now alive in him. Unhypocritical faith is not lip service faith, but a genuine, this is who I am. This is the way I live my life. Moms, it's not just how you live your life in front of your kids, but it's also how you live your life in front of your spouse in front of co-workers, in front of the bank teller, in front of the waiter or waitress of the restaurant that you're going to go to today, how sincere is your faith and do people see it? And do your kids see it? Someone has said the best thing that moms can teach their kids is not how to make a quick buck or to how to land the dream job or how to shave off a few uh, dollars uh, when buying a car, but the best thing that we can teach our kids is how to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The best thing that we can teach our kids is how to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is a great place for an amen, so I'm going to give you another run at it, okay? <laughs> the best thing that we can teach our kids is how to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. To help them to see what a transformational life looks like. To help them to fish for the souls of men. To teach them to walk in obedience to the word of God, not in the cesspool of this world. A sincere faith. 
Abraham Lincoln said, no one is poor who has a godly mother. We are rich by withdrawing from the spiritual bank of our moms. Of all the things that we can pass on to our kids, the passing on of a sincere faith is paramount. Notice from Lois to Eunice to Timothy, and look real quick at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, where we see even Paul uh, ministering to Timothy and pouring into Timothy what he needs to do and what he needs to be to be a man of God. You then, my child, be strong by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Do you see the chain there that's occurring? But here's the tough item. If you want your kids to have a sincere faith, then moms, dads, you also need to demonstrate a sincere faith. Too many times we can just go through the motions and our kids aren't dumb and they can tell if we're just kind of going through the motions and going through the routine of life and we show up on Sunday but throughout the rest of the week we don't even demonstrate a sincere faith. They see that. And I don't think that's any one of our heart's desires is to see our kids one day go through the motions. Just go through the routine of life. But if we would set the scene of a sincere faith. Our children have a tendency to want to follow in those footsteps, not go through the motions. Honesty at Mission View, how many of you spiritually have ever gone through the motions? Just it's routine at times. I get up, I go to church, it's all week long, I, I read uh, two minutes of the daily bread, it really doesn't have any effect on me, and we go through the motions. There is something about Lois and Eunice it was a sincere faith. So if we want to instill authentic faith in our children, then we better start taking our faith seriously. Our faith in Jesus is to be active, amen? It's to be alive. It's to be authentic. Um, I grabbed a rubber band this week, and uh, we spend an awful lot of money here on object lessons at Mission View. And so I thought, you know what? What good is a rubber band unless it is what? I cannot think of a use of a rubber band unless it is stretched. And when you stretch it, it can be used for a variety of different things. But if it's not stretched, it just sits there. And that's our faith. What good is our faith, moms, dads, friends, grandmas, grandpas, coaches, teachers, what good is our faith if it's not stretched? if it's not sincere, if it just lies dormant. Now, remember the scientists that, that brought Frankenstein to life? And when Frankenstein came to life, the scientists went, he's alive, he's alive. Would you say that with me? Would you? That, that scientist, you know what I'm talking about? When, when Frankenstein comes alive and his eyes bulge out and he goes, it's alive, it's alive. W would, would you say that with me? Some of you are like, not on Mother's Day, I won't. <laughs> but that's our faith. That should be our faith. That our kids see it. Everyone sees it. And that they would go, it's alive. Your faith is alive. It's not just something that's sitting there. 
It's not just the Sunday morning that you come in, you do your thing, you open up your Bible and you leave, but there is something genuine about it. And your kids see it. And when those kids that we just watched said, Mom, thank you, how many of those kids see a mom that loves Jesus and has a sincere faith in the Lord? They need to see active faith in you so it will become real to them. Great story of a pastor who was talking with a young man about church membership. And uh, the pastor went on for about 20 minutes about how important it was to be a member of the church and the benefits of being a member at the church. And after 20 minutes, the young man said, I, I get it, I get it, I want to be a member. And the pastor said, what was it that I just told you that convinced you to be a member of our church? And he said, well, it was nothing that you said, but it was everything in how I saw my mom live. Because my mom is a part of the church and I see a faith that is real. It's genuine. It's unhypocritical. Moms, that's a, that's a Hall of Fame mom. A Hall of Fame mom that says, you know what? Whether my kids are here or they're gone away, I will live for Christ. And I will let people know about him. Have you ever met somebody that you're not quite sure, but there's something about them, and you think, I wonder if they know Jesus. How many people look at you as a mom and don't just say, yes, I know they're a mom because they got spit on one side and food on the other, but they look at your life and they go, there's something different about them. There's an unhypocritical faith. I think about the kind of faith that was passed from Lois to Eunice to Timothy and what a blessing that, that, that must have been. Listen, if you have a mom that knows Jesus, you need to go hug her. I don't have a mom that knows Jesus. I don't have a dad that knows Jesus. I would have loved to have had someone like a Eunice in my life. Now, my mom and dad, they showed me some great values and they told me some great things and, and really helped me in being the man that I am today. But I would have loved to have had a mom who had a sincere faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I realize at 80 years old, she still can come to know Jesus. But I am thankful that I had other people that came into my life and imparted what a sincere faith looked like so that I can be demonstrating that, hopefully, before the Lord every single day. The question this morning is not just for moms, but for all of us this morning. Are you passing along a legacy of authentic faith, not only to your kids, but to everyone around you? Because I would much rather give my kids spiritual roots than the shallow roots of this world. That's a Hall of Fame mom. Sincere faith. I can't answer that for you today. Only you can answer it. The second characteristic that we see of a Hall of Fame mom is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Would you turn there? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. A Hall of Fame mother imparts respect 
for the scriptures and a hunger to read the scriptures to their children. A Hall of Fame mom has a respect for the scriptures and has a hunger to read that scripture to their children. Look at 2 Timothy. Paul is speaking here to Timothy. Paul says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. Let's stop there for a second. Timothy didn't learn this overnight. This was a lifelong process for him. It took a mom and a grandma to instill in him a respect for scriptures, an appetite for the scriptures. What you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred scriptures. And then he gives the outcome here of what reading and knowing the sacred scriptures can do, which are able to make you what? What's it say? Wise. Wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Read, 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 read to your kids. Read to them about the great things in God's word. Read to them about the incredible Bible stories of Daniel and David and Moses and Jonah and Jesus and Paul and on and on and on. Act it out as a family if you have to. Because there is nothing worse than boring people with the Word of God. Nothing worse than boring people with the Word of God. And you have an opportunity. Usually dad is sitting there. My wife read all of the Chronicles of Narnia to our kids when they were young. And I tried to stay with it. I'm so glad a movie came out regarding it. It was so much easier. And I remember our kids were glued to that. And there were times when we would have devotions. And, and I know some of you have tried to do devotions with your kids, and those kids are like, you know, outside. You, you ever see those plastic things that kind of go like this, you know? You know, that's how our kids were. It's like, hey, we're going to read Daniel today. And they're like, ah. We read to them and read to them and read to them so that they would, res would respect the Scriptures and would become hungry for the Scriptures. I'm a graduate of Moody Bible Institute, thankful for my education. My freshman year, I went to Moody Bible Institute, and I tell people that I, I got an A in Chicago and a C in my studies, and I did not know how to study very well my freshman year. And you would think that at Moody Bible Institute, you would spend an awful lot of time in the Bible. And if I needed to read something out of the Old Testament or the New Testament, I would. But I, I found that even though I was going through Bible college, I really was not in the Word very often. And there was a point where I wanted to quit. I seriously thought about quitting and just coming back to Akron and working a little bit and doing something. And I felt God's calling was on my life to be a pastor, but I just wanted to quit. My grades weren't good. Something wasn't right. And one Sunday, I walked about four blocks to LaSalle Street Bible Church. And I sat there. And the pastor, have you ever had a pastor speak directly to you? You're in the congregation, and all of a sudden it's like, they're talking right to me. And I remember that pastor that day saying this. There are some of you sitting here today that are Bible students, but you're not in the Bible. You're not reading the Bible. And man, he hit home. And I thought, here I am wanting 
to honor the Lord in ministry, but I'm not in the Word of God. And I sat there that day, and I made a vow to the Lord. I said, Lord, give me a hunger for your Word. Help me to know your Word so well that I can pass it on to others. And the Lord, he did his end, and I began to read Scripture. And it's amazing how much we can share with our kids when we are filled with Scripture and how much we do not give away when we don't have Scripture. And it was that day, and let me encourage you as parents to make sure your kids have a life verse. I had a life verse that day because that man spoke out of Colossians 1, and in Colossians 1, verse 10, this is my life verse. So that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's my life verse. But that also involves a respect for God's word and an appetite for God's word. The Jewish family would begin to impart the scriptures as early as five years old into their children. Speaking about that, reading it to them, uh, having them memorize it so it would go from their head to their heart. The scriptures became healthy habits. Moms, you have influence in your children's lives. Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. It helps me to see where I'm at and where I'm headed in life. Start your children young, getting them into the word. You say, well, I, I blew it. I blew it. Someone has said, as long as it's called today, influence them in the way. Teach them. Teach them. Your lips, show them from your life, your prayer time. Show them in your church attendance. Show them in your service. Show them that there is authenticity in your life as a believer, that you have a respect for the scriptures, and that you're willing to read and pour that into them. I, I love the, the comic strip Family Circus. I don't know how many of you have seen the comic strip Family Circus, but one day kids were sitting around and they were talking about where babies come from. And one of them said, well, babies come from the stork. And, and one, of the, uh, one of the boys said, that's not true. He said, kids are connected to their mother's biblical cord. And I thought, how true that is. A sincere faith of respect for the scriptures and hungry for the scriptures to give it away to your kids. That's a Hall of Fame mom. And last one, the Hall of Fame mom makes following Jesus an everyday event. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. All the way over Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6. If you can't find it, it's up here on the screen. The Hall of Fame mom makes following Jesus an everyday event. This is not limited to Sundays. And I want you to, every day, uh, uh, but I want you to notice all of the, the verbs, the action words that are involved here. 
That we don't just tell them God's commands, but we help them to live it out every single day. It becomes a habit at every stage of our life. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with 84% of your heart and 64% of your soul and 35.5% of your strength. Is that what it says? No, all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Again, it has to be on our hearts before we impress them on to our children. Impress them then on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. There's some incredible action things to do here. That the word of God is so central in my life that I'm following the Lord so much, I'm making it an everyday event to the point of where I'm impressing and talking and sitting and walking and lying down and getting up. And it says, tie them as symbols on their hands and bind them on your foreheads. The Jewish people would do that. And then it says, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Why the door frames on your houses and gates? Because that's the last thing you see when you're leaving. And it's the first thing you see when you're coming home. That when someone comes into their, your house, they see that this is a house that honors and loves the Lord. A junior high science teacher lectured on the properties of magnets. And for one full classroom, he said, this is important. Magnets are important. Magnets bring each other together. He said, tomorrow we will have a quiz on magnets. And the next morning the kids came in and he gave them a quiz and the very first question read this. My name begins with an M. I have six letters. I pick things up. What am I? And half the kids in the class wrote mother. You'll get it later on. Moms, whether you're in a caretaker stage, whether you're in a coaching stage, or whether you're in a consulting stage with your kids, make sure it's a Christ-like stage with your kids. Maybe you've heard of R.A. Torrey. R.A. Torrey, in his life, had no faith in God or the Bible. His mother, however, was a devout Christian who constantly prayed for his conversion and often witnessed to him. One day he said to her, Mom, I don't want to hear about my sins. I don't want to hear about the Bible. And I don't want to hear about your prayers. I'm going to leave and I'm not coming home. With tears in her eyes, she followed him to the gate and pled with him to change his mind, but he would not. And frantically she cried, Son, you are going the wrong way. But when you come to the end of your rope and everything seems hopeless, call upon your mother's God with all your heart and he will surely help you. After Tori left home, he went deeper into the ways of sin. And one night in a hotel, he was unable able to sleep because of the pressing problems that were going on in his life. And in his dresser drawer was a gun and he was going to take his life. And he reached for that gun but before he pulled the trigger, he remembered his mother's last words. That when you're at the end of your rope, 
and all seems helpless. Call upon your mother's God with all your heart, and he will surely help you. And convicted by the Holy Spirit, he fell on his knees and he cried out, O oh God of my mother, if there is such a being, I need your help. If you will give it to me, I will follow you. And in that moment, his darkened heart was illuminated by the light and peace of Christ. Later, R.A. Torrey became an outstanding evangelist who led thousands to Christ. But he would say it was the influence and impact of his mother that changed him from being dead in Christ to being made alive in Christ. Mom, it's never too early to start impacting your children, and it's never too late to start if you haven't already. A sincere faith, a respect for the Scriptures, an appetite to read those to your children, and to make following Jesus an everyday event. That's a Hall of Fame mom. Happy Mother's Day. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for this morning. Lord, we exalt you first and foremost. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for giving us your son, Jesus Christ, so that we can have eternal life. I pray that every mom here would come to know you as Savior and Lord and that they would be able to impart that and share that with their children. Lord, that they would have a true, genuine faith in you. And Lord, that as their children see over the years that there would be a consistency, a respect for your word, a hunger for your word, that they would want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord and that they would make following Jesus an everyday event. When they walk, when they talk, when they sit down, when they leave their house, when they come home, everywhere we go is an opportunity for us to make Jesus an everyday event. And it's not just moms, but it's every single one of us in here have that opportunity. May we be unhypocritical. May we have an authentic, genuine faith that is stretched, that people look at our lives and they want what we have. And it's the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for these moms, Lord. May you impart wisdom to them. May you use them greatly for your glory. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.